dare I ask, why are these outcomes important? Well, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious why they're important. It is, it's obvious to everyone, right? Even you? Yes. So what would the next step be, if any? Well, the next step would probably be to um, go do them. <laughs> <laughs> Good man. Welcome to Think, Act, Get with James Shramko and Ezra Firestone. What you think determines how you act, which results in what you get. So join in now as we discuss how you can think differently, act faster, and get high-performance results in your business. Hi there, listener. Welcome back to another episode of Think, Act, Get. Ezra Firestone here with my partner, as always, James Shramko. James, how are you, man? I'm really good, thanks, Ezra. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm here in the tank in Brooklyn, and um, it's, it's warm, it's sunny, it's beautiful. I'm happy. Well, I'm back home in Manly. There's perfect rolling sets of waves coming through, and uh, the internet's really fast and the temperature's moderate. Certainly, one thing I noticed when I, uh, when I travel, when you drop internet speeds and when you don't have the same equipment that you have, everything takes a lot longer and it's more difficult. So I'm certainly appreciating being back home at the moment. When you're um, out of your normal routine, do you find yourself procrastinating on projects? There are some things that I make decisions on that kind of alleviate me feeling as though I'm procrastinating. I just replan based on different circumstances cropping up. And I know that it would be tempting to feel like I'm putting something off, but I've realized now after traveling a lot, uh, for example, the Philippines, I think I've been there 11 times. I just don't even bother planning calls for a whole week when I'm going out into the province because I know that I'm unlikely to have a connection. Well, procrastination is our topic for the day. That's an awesome topic. And I was wondering when we'd get around to covering this topic. (laughs) We've been procrastinating (laughs) for quite a long time. So it's a form of resistance to accomplishing something that you've stated in some form or fashion that you want to accomplish. Procrastination, what is it? How are you using it? And how is it affecting your business and your life? That's what we're looking at in this episode of Think, Act, Get. We should have chosen a topic that would have affected most of our listeners. I'm sure our listeners are definitely not procrastinators, right? Well, it's funny that you mention that and that you frame it that way because you know many people judge procrastination negatively and like choose to think that it's a bad thing rather than looking at what it means and why we're doing it. We, we tend to think that we are bad in some way by procrastinating rather than thinking, huh, I'm doing this thing, procrastinating. Let me look at why I'm doing that. Let me look at what's beneath that. So if you find yourself continually procrastinating on a task, you might want to ask yourself, why am I even doing this thing? Do I actually want to do this? Is there a way for me not to do this? And if the answer is no, I want to be doing this thing, then you need to explore or you could explore. You don't need to. You could explore is, is why you continue to put that thing off. Like what is your fear of loss? If you didn't have some kind of fear of loss about doing that thing, then you would have done it already. So what is that thing? And then another way to look at procrastination in a non-negative light is to look at it as part of the creative process. Like people in general, this is a thing, this happens, have resistance to any sort of task 
that means something to them. And we know that like delving into that process is, is going to involve some work and some struggle and some figuring out of things. So we don't have to be surprised when we notice ourselves procrastinating. You can embrace it. You can enjoy it. You can label it and know you're going to procrastinate and build that into the time that it takes you to do whatever the task is. So like if, you, if the actual doing of your task takes three days and you've got resistance to it, then make the deliverable for five days. Yeah, well, I'm definitely not sold on the idea that it's not a, a negative <laughs> I, I've, if you if you were to look in delve into the definitions around procrastination, they almost always revolve around delaying counterproductive guilt crisis. Like there's a lot of negative words that come up when you look into it, and and I for one prefer to have mechanisms that reduce the need to procrastinate. Well, I think that um, I think that this is what I'm saying is that people view it negatively in society. They think it's a bad thing, and I disagree. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that it is something that you will do, and so yeah, be, you know, you can set yourself up so that you are doing it less, but like it's also part of your creative process. Everyone procrastinates the things that mean something to them in some form or fashion, and so like you can notice when that comes up and decide how you want to handle it. No, that's it. I, I am saying I still think it's a negative, and uh, I would like to talk about a lot of things that you could do to remove the, the amount of procrastination. I think I'm disagreeing with you. I'm saying don't just accept procrastination and build around it. Eliminate it or identify why you're doing it and get to the root cause of whatever that anxiety is that's causing you to procrastinate in the first place. Like go one layer back to remove this evil scurvy of procrastination. And I'm saying that it is a necessary thing, right? That like, you know, if you, we'll, we'll, we'll wait till we get to my quote. <laughs> it's good. It's great. We're finally on a different side of the page for, yeah. for a while. You know, like we, we completely disagree on this one. And um, <laughs> my viewpoint is the less popular one. So I'm probably going to get flamed for it. But let's talk about what projects have you procrastinated on and what do you do when it comes up? And then I'll talk about what I do when it comes up. Well, I, I mean, I've, I've been really interested in this topic. That's why I've done so much research and um, implementation on techniques to remove procrastination. So when you ask me what I procrastinate on, it's a little harder for me to identify that. There, you know, I might need help on, on what I'm putting off because I sort of, I've got a method for categorizing things that may never, ever happen, but I don't call that procrastination. I just call that planning. So... If I go back into my past, some of the incidents that caused me to want to research this a lot, once I had this course that I was publishing and it was a 12-part course and I got to part eight or nine and then I just had some mental block with delivering the last three parts of the course and I was trying to identify why that was. Partly, I think, I, I feel that I might have over-delivered on the first nine, like way and above what the whole 12 should have been but technically I'd promised 12 parts so I was just hung up on this last bit and I think also I felt maybe I doubted my specialty on the last three modules and I felt that maybe someone would call me on that. So your fear of loss in that case would be that like you weren't sure that you should be putting out content in that area and you might get you know some response. Yeah I think there was a mismatch in my confidence and how I felt about being judged on what I was going to produce. So it, I think you'd classify that under the artistic type of procrastination that you would find out a lot about in books like The War of Art and his um, follow-up book from that, which was even better, I think, in dealing with this artist's 
fear of publishing something they they it's a it's a dark deep demon for most creative people before they publish something there's this like horrible time where you feel you know even rage and and anxiety and this fear of being judged so you just stop in your tracks you freeze like a deer in the headlights and that's why if you can for example if you only ever promise things that fall well within your confidence ability that would remove that it would have removed that resistance in that situation and what what I did in the end was I just created a brand new course with 22 modules published it and gave it to everyone and felt that I'd you know up the ante and over delivered so so really the when faced with this challenge I basically fought back twice as hard to conquer this demon and I, I really literally pictured it like a demon and I was just like choking it squashing it and then stomping on it <laughs> you know uh, uh, James is a uh, you use um, a visualization quite a lot I gotta hand it to you because it's very effective and in athletics we are taught to use visualization and it works really well and it's also a very powerful tool in business what, one of the things that I did recently oh and Arnold Schwarzenegger was says that, that he always imagined everything before it, it happened and and uh, if you go back to Maxwell Maltz visualization uh, was very very important discovery well you're literally creating it right like you are having that experience yeah you you're going through it mentally and then you go through it in reality and, and i i mean i literally dream of surfing and then i go out and surf and i try and match up my physical ability to to how good i was in the dream but that really literally is visualizing and uh, i think you know it can be a tool against procrastination if you visualize yourself starting to go through the motions and you can see that it's not so bad now, on the, on the flip side of that, though, Derek Sivers has a great presentation about why you shouldn't reveal your goals. And I think we talked about that in the goals episode because once you share it, it's as if you've done it. Well, maybe you're not. Maybe you're visualizing it and you're not sharing it with anyone. You're just creating that for yourself and you're making – the goals are – you're only sharing those with yourself. Yeah, so visualizing is a top technique. Now, I've got a laundry list of things that we could talk about around this idea of procrastination. So, so far, just to recap, you say that it, it's fine and you should build it in. I, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Oh. Do you, now, you, now, you're, now you're flipping around what I'm saying. <laughs> I am, am I, I dipsy-doodling you? You did me the dipsy-doodle. You gave me the, the diaper dandy there. <laughs> what I'm saying about procrastination is that you will experience it. This will happen to you. And therefore, when it does, you should be prepared for it and prepared to look at it instead of just like ignoring it and look at why you're procrastinating. And then, you know what I mean? Oh, I'm all for that. I'm like, I'm, I'm absolutely for confronting reality. The, That's what I'm talking about. Okay. The more real you are with yourself, the easier it is to overcome these challenges. That's right. And then, so I want to say real quick before we dig into these other things, one, one quick thread that I was on that I don't want to forget is that. So one of the ways that I have recently beat procrastination on a specific project, I was procrastinating this thing and I was like, dang, I got to get this thing done. And it was just one of those nagging projects that it's on my schedule and it's like all, you know, it's all laid out and ready to be accomplished and structured and planned, but I just wasn't doing it. And so finally what I did was I got some accountability on it. I just told, like I, I gave myself a deadline in relationship to another person which I had to fulfill on because now they knew and I was accountable to them and then I did it. And so that was great. So I think accountability can really help in that spot too. So a lot of this is about what you're committing in the future. Does that make sense? Yes. 
like if you take my example and the one you have, if you commit to things in the future that that turn out to be virtually impossible, it's going to cause a frustration to to come up. So there's this great debate going on in the internet marketing space right now. As you know, I prefer to sell recurring memberships, right? Where I have a say a monthly or quarterly fee, and then I deliver a month or a quarter's worth of solution. Are you with me so far? Oh, I'm I'm there, dude. Then there's someone else in the marketplace selling lifetime products. So they take all the money up front and then they create what's called a, a tail. They grow a tail, which means that they have now promised a future commitment to deliver. And the customer's expectation on a lifetime product, how long do you expect that they might think that they'll be getting a solution for? Well, they believe they'll be getting it for their <laughs> for <laughs> lifetime. I, <laughs> Probably. And, and so what's happened, what will happen is there'll be a crossover point where if you continually sell lifetime products, there'll be a crossover point where your capacity to deliver gets exceeded unless you're very disciplined. And this person may be very disciplined. It probably is actually. But if you're not careful, you can cross that line and then your future commitment exceeds your ability to deliver. And that is going to be a procrastination minefield because now it's like, oh, I want to do more, but I can't. And so the, the ideas come, but you can't deliver or the people who you have this recurring wall of people who get dissatisfied so you you have to be very very careful to avoid procrastination be very careful about what you commit to in the future that's my that's my um, first tip i think that is a really good one and i also think that the, uh, in relationship to your work rhythms you could look at what is your natural work rhythm and then you know, it's it's likely that your that your natural work rhythm isn't machine like that you don't naturally just sit down and crank things out in a methodical and even way. So pay attention to like, do you work best waking up early and getting straight to work, or are you having or is having a leisurely morning and then getting to work later in the day better for you? Like, do you work better by yourself in a room with no distractions, or do you you know do you work better by doing small chunks of a bigger project throughout the day. Like what are the environments in which you work well and then set those up for yourself? Absolutely. And this is about harnessing your willpower. And and here's, here's the interesting thing that I discovered when I was reading that book, Willpower, which many of our listeners have read now, is that w- what we think our peak time is, is probably not. And I always thought I was an afternoon person until I started waking up early and I get more done in the morning than I ever thought possible. So I realized that my willpower account is highest first thing in the morning. So for me, it's the beginning of the day. I'm absolutely primed and pumped, ready to roll. I could probably demolish any project I put in front of me right now. So I should pick whatever I would be tending to procrastinate on and attack that one, whether it's signing contracts for running my event, which I did yesterday, so that's done, whether it is um, preparing a travel itinerary, you know, I should tackle the thing that I'm most likely to procrastinate on if I were to leave it till later in the day. You know, we I've recently moved to this, you know, in the tank by 8 a.m. So up at 7, doing my little meditation, having breakfast, and uh, at, sitting down on my first project by 8 a.m. And it is, it is a life-changing. I'm very, very happy with it. And I never thought, I, I've always been a, a, a work later in the day in the evening kind of person. And I thought, you know, in, in the, for the sake of split testing, Let's see what happens. And it's, I'm finding it much better. 
and the other thing we did is we set a recurring appointment to record our calls instead of leaving it up to our momentum to rebook. Yeah. The procrastination of putting off an episode is eliminated through a system of automation. So automation can be your friend. If you have a recurring deadline, it's going to force things to get done. So deadlines are also your best friend when it comes to procrastination. You just you set a deadline that cannot be avoided. A, a classic one is travel because the plane's not going to wait for you. You could be you could lie to yourself and lie to everyone around you about you know, how you can't get there on time or you're running late or you had to do this or whatever, but the plane doesn't care. It's going to take off. So you have to be honest with yourself and correct behavior to get that plane. So deadlines are pretty cool. And one of the things that I do with deadlines is I break up a big deadline into small deadlines so that even if I'm procrastinating, I'm not procrastinating the entire project. Nice. So you're eating the elephant. That's right. One little bite at a time. <laughs> Getting through Dumbo, dude. Should we talk about some more tools that people could use to eliminate and slice through and kill off the procrastination beast? Yeah. And let's just like, like let's, this particular subject is such a important one because so many people complain about it. It's like a thing that people really talk about having a hard time with, just not really being able to. And I have a theory on it too, but bro, I think it's to do with the inbox. Really? You think it's email, huh? I, I'm willing to bet if any of listener has installed rescue time and they're monitoring their weekly habits, I'm willing to bet that Gmail will be the number one time expenditure. And I've seen that right. reflected on other people's time reports as well. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you right now on that. Let's take a look. Okay. Um, damn. <laughs> That's pretty funny. You got me, dude. It's number, it's number one. <laughs> damn. It's always number one. I, I'd be surprised if it's not, right? And and here's the thing: like you're a Facebook messaging guy and a Skype guy. Like I, I'm, yeah, and I'm a, I'm on like yeah, I'm on a lot of different thing. things. Uh, e email is, of course, it's the to do list that other people assign for us, which means that we're constantly getting tempted and dragged off track. And if you look at the core procrastination definition, it really is about counterproductivity needless activities and delaying tactics. So what a great way to be distracted. The one place we're in the most is got the most temptations. So one tip is to really rein in your email disciplines. So there's a, there's a tip. Another one is to um, read the 80-20 marketing book by Perry Marshall. Really hone in on this. Oh, it's a, such a good, yeah, such a good book. Hone in on the top four percent of activities that you should be doing to shift your business more than anything else, and write them on your whiteboard. There'll only be two or three, maybe one. For me, it's to make podcast. If I make a podcast every day and answer customer questions in my community, my business will run. And if I do my weekly managers meetings, etc., so. I know that that's my bigger priority than answering the email. So I'm actually recording the podcast before I go and check my inbox today. So that's my, my main strategy is knowing the tasks that I should be doing, like very clear on what, what I should be doing, and then doing them ahead of the things that are likely to distract me. Now, there's a great exercise called urgent versus important, and that's where we write down everything that is on our list of things to do onto a post-it note, one at a time, one post-it note per topic. And then we go to a wall or a whiteboard and we draw an axis grid. And from left to right might be urgent. And then from 
the bottom to the top might be important and we put the post-it note on the board according to how urgent or how important it is. Something that's urgent is an event coming up tomorrow that has to have something signed that's massively urgent. And then it's also important because if you don't do it, the consequences are huge. So it's going to be on the top right-hand corner. After you've done this exercise, you'll find there'll be some things that really aren't urgent or important. So what I do is I pick up the post-it notes starting with the most important and urgent, and then I work my way across the left-hand side of the board. And we'll take a picture of your board and put it up because I've seen this board and I've seen this process in action, and that way you, listener, can see the, 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 the exact layout of, um, of this board. Of what this looks like. And then what, what you can do is uh, then just literally pick the post-it notes up in order and start at the top. Now, the, the, this is where you can release yourself from the, the idea of procrastination. The things on the bottom of that post-it notepad are probably never going to get done. So what I start to do then is I go and stick those post-it notes on someone else's name other than me, right? So I'll list the people in my company across the board and I'll then start assigning post-it notes to them and that becomes their job. So this is delegation. So we've talked about automation, automate things like recurring appointments, emails, delegate. Delegation I think is like if you can get good at that one, then you will you can really cut into a lot of of the stuff that you might procrastinate because you could just have someone else at the same time be wary of committing to new future things now that you got rid of the old ones you've got to be disciplined on how much you allow in so that's your yes no filter you want to be hitting the no more than the yes right like only ever do something or agree to something if it's absolutely like making you excited and you think that's like the best thing ever or if you're completely down down and out, desperate, and there's no other choice. That's really the only reason you do something. If it's in between, if it's what I call a meh, like meh, don't do it. <laughs> I think we should use that sound that you just made like on yeah. a standalone uh, clip because people will have no idea what you're referring to. <laughs> I'm sure our editor could string enough of them together to make a sheep sound. That's pretty funny. Right. Uh, so, so let's so, roll, uh, let's roll, Carol, yeah. unless you yeah. got more. Oh, man, I've got more, but... But that's all right. All right. Well, I think we've got. I think I think we've given you enough to to you know to to take a look at what you're procrastinating in your life and why you're doing it and uh, some tools to use to not procrastinate as much if that's your goal. So, well, there's a, there's one thing I'd love to do as an exercise that I think is probably the most important discovery I ever made about procrastination and and motivation because I think they're kind of tied. If you're procrastinating, you're probably not motivated to do something. So. So just wanted to really point out that instant influence framework again, that it really is a way to convince yourself to get something done. If, you, if you've committed to something, if you can't get out of it, if you can't automate it, if you can't delegate it, if you can't, if you can't escape having to do something, then like if you can't go on task bankruptcy, declare task bankruptcy, where you just say, no, nah, you know what, I'm just going to start from scratch, then instant influence might pull you out of the mud. And that's, that's a method of convincing yourself that it's really important to do and it really works on focusing on the benefits and the outcomes that would come. It will focus on what... Well, let's go through it. Let's go through it. It's on a scale of one to 10, you know, the whole... Have you got an activity you've been procrastinating on, Ezra? Oh, you're going to actually run it on me. I already know it, bro. <laughs> well, that's what, yeah, but we have to demonstrate it. All right, all right, all right. So... Um, Give me something simple. Yeah, okay. Let me think for a second. Yes. All right, so... Tell me about. Tell me what what is it that you um, you've been putting off? I I've been procrastinating doing the dishes. Okay, 
So uh, for like the last since maybe like since dinner last night. Right. And so so why might you change that? Why might you go from not doing the dishes to doing the dishes? Well, Carrie would be much happier if the dishes were done is number one. Number two, the kitchen would like smell better. I mean, it doesn't smell bad, but you know, old dishes, if you leave them too long, these have only been out, oh, I'd say overnight, but you know, if you, if you leave them too long, then they get pretty gnarly. Um, right. So how ready to do the dishes are you, say, on a scale of one to 10? I think I'm probably like a five. Oh, but why, why didn't you pick a lower number, like a one? Well, because I'm somewhat ready, but I'm not all the way ready. Like, I'm not ready enough to go just do it right now, to leave this podcast and go do that. No, no, but why didn't you pick a one, a lower number, not a higher number? Why didn't you pick one or two? Because I actually what? do want to do this thing. Oh, you do want to do this thing. Oh, I do, yes. This is a, a goal and a desire that I have to clean these dishes. Right. So now I really want to highlight that. The, 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 the trick there in this whole technique is I've forced you to justify why you gave it a five instead of a one. So you're telling me all the good things about it, you see? You're convincing yourself. That's right. Now imagine that you did the dishes. What would be the positive outcome? Well, the kitchen would be cleaner. Carrie would be happy when she came home later. I would feel good about the dishes being done. Uh, and dare I ask, why are these outcomes important? Well, I, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious why they're important. It is. It's obvious to everyone, right? Even you. Yes. So, what would the next step be, if any? Well, the next step would probably be to um, go do them. <laughs> <laughs> Good man. So that's that's it. That's the six step framework. You can read about it. There it is. That's it's influence. an influence framework, and you just yeah. saw it. You real, just saw the example. Life. So, weekly willpower wager. Do your dishes this week, every day. Um, uh, now let's roll, Carol. Weekly willpower wager. Take a look at what you're procrastinating and just make a list. What are you procrastinating? And then put, you know, run the instant influence framework on yourself. That'd be a cool thing. Tell us how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Let us know. Uh, I'm expecting big things from this weekly willpower wager. Yeah. And by the way, just, just to, to put this in perspective, if you multiply the number of listeners we've had, the amount of people who have taken on this, whether it's giving someone a dollar or whatever, there's been a lot of positive change because of this podcast. It's something that we're very, very excited about. Dude, I, I had a guy, one of these guys called me a prophet, bro. One of these dudes was like, here, he's on here. I got him on here. You're going to have to read that one. But yeah, people like this show, that's, man. That's really, really satisfying. All right. So news and updates. News and updates. I've got an event. Smart Marketer Live, 26th and 27th of September in Austin, Texas. Superfast Business Live in Manly Beach, Sydney, March 5th and 6th of 2015. We've got events coming up. They're going to be a good time. You should come. <laughs> and we have decided uh, to postpone the tag retreat. That's right. That's right. Sorry, I forgot about that. No, that's all right. I'm just um, putting it out there. It's, uh, it doesn't mean it's not happening Again, it's just there's a specific scheduling conflict that needs to be overcome. And for that reason, it'll probably roll over to the next season. That's right. So people who came to the first one really got in on an exclusive, didn't they? Yeah, I think it might even, it'll be tag fest at that point. It'll be more than I think a retreat. We should call um, it tag awesome fest. Oh, no, that's taken. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> tag, <laughs> tag, <laughs> tagness fest. Oh, we're just, it's an in joke, folks. We're just smoking out. That's funny. No, there's like this, there's an event called the Awesome, Awesome uh, Concert or whatever that we both went to. Or we know we went to the mastermind before it. Um, Awesomeness Fest, obviously, right, is what it is. Like, right, because we're saying tag fest. So, anyways, that was a good event. 
Okay, so I think that's it for news and updates, unless you got anything else, James. No, we'll keep it tight because we went really meaty on the content today. So, All right, sweet. So we've got Gary on the episode of Less, and Gary says, by the way, we're about to read some comments that uh, you have left for us. Our goal with this show is to, is, you know, for you guys to tell us what you think about what we're talking about and, and you know, explore these ideas and concepts and things in your life and in your business with us and give us your feedback on how you feel about them and what your experience of them is. And you can do that a couple different ways. You can leave us a comment in iTunes, leave us a little star rating, and that's always cool because it helps us spread the word of tag. You can comment on our blog, uh, com, and we do respond there. There's a little commenting system called Discuss. And you can also... Um, Leave us a speak pipe, which is this little widget on the blog that allows you to record a voicemail. And when you do that, we'll play it on the show and then we'll respond to it. So this is a comment from Gary on the episode called Less. Great podcast, guys. This topic is becoming increasingly prevalent because the benefits of implementing these ideas are huge. Darren Hardy, editor of Success Magazine, has a talk called Productivity Strategies for Super Achievers on YouTube. One of his points is that a recurring theme among successful people, Branson, Buffett, Jobs, Oprah, Tony Hawk, is the ability to say no to great opportunities and also to the smaller day-to-day decisions like attending a meeting, taking a call, or doing unnecessary tasks. I think that's super relevant for this episode, by the way. Um, Steve's Jobs' advice to Mark Parker, CEO of Nike, resonated with me as well. In a conversation between the two, when Parker had just become CEO, Jobs advised him that, that, that Nike makes some of the best products in the world, but they also make a lot of crap. Just get rid of the crappy stuff and focus on the good stuff. I've only just started to apply this kind of thinking and the 80-20 rule, not just to products, but all the processes that go on within my business. But even at the early stages of this amazing uh, of this, it is amazing, and the clarity you can get, and the things you can improve, ditch or outsource. Yeah, and not even business. I mean, life, like friendships, assets, everything can work really well with this Pareto principle idea. Just putting putting a lot of eggs in in a few baskets gets you a massive yield. All right, so we have Dennis on less. Hi guys, just listened to this episode today. I started listening to Tag two weeks ago, and I'm getting ready to start again as this frequency is too slow for my pace. Thank you for life-changing material. I would like to point out a few things. Ezra, if you were born 2,000 years ago and preached your monologues, you would probably be declared as a prophet. James, do yourself a favor and buy an Indo board. It is this phenomenal balance trainer, and it will do wonders for your surfing, especially using it in front of a whiteboard when balance is not your main focus. Wow. Okay, I'm writing that down. Thank you very much, Dennis. Thanks, Dennis. I think that the stuff that I'm saying was around 2,000 years ago. Like, I don't, nothing, none of the stuff that I'm saying is any kind of new. So, um, I, you're so an original, Ezra. What's that? <laughs> you're like the 2,000 year yeah. retro. I've been around. Uh, you know, these. I, I, I look. I frame it through my own experience, but the shit that I'm talking about is, you know, I, uh, I, I think you're an old soul on a young head. Thanks, man. I consider this stuff to be universal truths, you know, that like exist out there and that, you know, people have talked about in different ways and different cultures and societies for a very long time. All right. Dave on criticism, he says, okay, so perhaps ding dong isn't considered a term of endearment in Australia. I guess if somebody called you that in a locker room, you might be a bit stoked though. 
I don't even know where he's going with that. Um, consider this. My- <laughs> well, you could be ding dong along Shramalam or something. No, no, I know, but he's talking about locker rooms, and I don't even know. But let's see. Well, he was. He's implying that if someone calls you a ding dong in the locker room, that they're saying you have a large male appendage. Oh, is that okay? I, yeah, I didn't get that. Um, but I, 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 I'm just letting you I know. I get where he's going with it now. Okay. <laughs> Must be an English thing. Yeah. Thanks for bringing me in on that. Um, actually, I prefer to be out on that one. So I'm not. <laughs> You'd rather not be brought into the locker room <laughs> yeah. with the big dick. I don't need to know about all that kind of stuff or whatever you guys are doing over there. Consider this my formal and public retraction so as not to get barred from future exchanges of adult beverages in public areas, in pu- adult beverage in public places. Dave is really on a cracker here. Uh, I've, I met Dave in, in the pub. In the in London, I'm going back there too. So, Dave, there's no worries. We'll we'll have a few beers. You'll be fine. Okay. And he says, keep up the good work. Like horoscopes, you can fit most of your episodes into what's going on in your life to give it more impact and more meaning. This episode is no exception. I had some recent criticism, and this episode put it in context. Thank you. I, that really is. I think you sum it up right there. That like the stuff that we are talking about. You can. The point of the show is that it's relevant to your life. That like you have experienced these things too, and context is really what it's all about. So we're like talking about these experiences and these particular topics through uh, our experience and, and, and the ways that they've affected our life and giving you context on them through our own experience. So that's the, that's the agenda here. So thanks, man. Yeah, sweet. All right. So we're going to come, we've got some more comments. We'll read them next week and we do read out all the comments eventually. So don't worry, just go and leave your comments and, and we greatly appreciate it. I love the, uh, we're in the think about it quote section. I love my quote today, Ezra. You've you've been, uh, yeah, baby. I'm getting better at this. I, I'm starting to kind of know. You know, like I, I just I really appreciate that you put together the notes, and that you uh, you're like you're the the chief preparer of the show notes, and it's it's wonderful. Procrastination is like a credit card. It's a lot of fun until you get the bill, Christopher Parker. That's so true. It just mounts up, doesn't it? Because, because by definition, you are delaying, you're being counterproductive, you're doing needless activities. So it, 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 it's a lot like someone with their credit card spending up big and then they have the reality, the confrontation that there's no escape from it. I, I, I agree with that quote and I, and I put it in there and I think that it, uh, I, I hope that you would like it. So thanks, man. I'm glad that you like it. I'm glad that you agree with it. This next quote is a little... Um, well, we'll get into it, and then I'll just explain what I think it means and, and why I think it's cool and, and why I think that in certain cases, taking your time is necessary. Particularly for me, I find this when I need to be – like when I have the desire to be really creative, then I give myself a lot of time for that. So this, this quote goes like this. Imagination only comes when you privilege the subconscious, when you make delay and procrastination work for you. And that's by Hillary Mantel. And here's what she's saying. She's saying when you make the unconscious, the non-rational, the feeling side of life, when you, when you prioritize that, when you allow room for that, then that's where you are likely to find imagination and creativity. You can't think your way into imagination. By paying attention to, to, to those things, right, by looking at delay and looking at procrastination, by following those threads and exploring that then you allow room, like you're, 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 you're free for things to float up. So basically they're somewhat necessary in the creative process is um, what she's getting at here. And I do agree with that part of it. Yeah, and actually I agree with it too. 
you know, it's not dissimilar to my quote where if procrastination is like a credit card, a credit card can be used for positive as well. Like I use mine to gather points, but I always pay it off in advance, right? So you, you can use the tool to your advantage. But I think if you're creative and you're an artist, I think delay is probably more the appropriate term than procrastination. But I, I get that, that if, if uh, they're procrastinating – you're putting something off, things percolate. I, I think that's a good point. And the key, again, if, if you were just to say no more often, that's going to automatically happen because you've got a lot more time to think about stuff before you have to actually do anything because there's less things competing for your time. That's right. So think, act, get. Mindset, behavior, results. What you think determines how you act, which results in what you get. And our focus is to improve or to have you look at your life and your business and everything that we do here is directed towards you. We really appreciate you listening to Think, Act, Get. James, bring us home. Yeah, so you've been listening to episode 44 about procrastination. And this is where you have a form of resistance to accomplishing something that you've stated in some form or fashion that you want to accomplish. So what is it? How are you using it? How is it affecting your business and your life? That's what we've been looking at in this episode of Think Act Get. You know, I was going to do the whole like boom. You know how people do that at the end of something? Like a lot of people like they say boom. Yeah, have, you, have you heard that? Have you seen that trend? Of, of, of? I know it's a highly regarded uh, women's line of beauty products. <laughs> It is. It is. So forget forget about that for a second. But like, you know what I'm talking about, right? How people are doing this now. Like something will like something will happen, and then they'll just be like, boom. Like they'll do like a. Am I making this up? Or have you experienced this? No, I think it's, that that's it, a cultural thing. It's like everyone talks about right. hustle and and puts um, working your ass off like nine days, nine hours a day as as being the new cool. Right. So I don't really understand. So that. I think we need something other than boom. For like when something ends or when something good happens or like, you know. We, why don't we just have a, a random conversation like this at the end of every episode? All right. I like that idea. So uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, the listener, thank you so much. We'll catch up with you on the next episode, James. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> See you over and out. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Right? Like you got to have like some force behind it. Love it. All right. See you, buddy. This has been another episode of Think, Act, Get with James Schramko and Ezra Firestone. For more tips and tutorials on how to grow your business faster, visit thinkactget.com and join the newsletter. It's free.